Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. So high-performing teams, let me ask you some questions. Do you think you have a high-performing team? Do you really feel that your team are performing at the absolute optimum, smashing those results, overachieving on a regular basis? Or actually, have you got a few people of the team that maybe aren't doing so well? So I, often what I see when I work with my advisory clients, the businesses I work with, or indeed with um, individuals that I mentor one-to-one, very often we think we've got a high-performing team. But when we actually look at it in detail, we realize that maybe there are improvements and things that we could do differently. So today is all about people. We know that our people are the most important aspects of our business. They are the lifeblood of our business in order to be able to achieve what we want for the business, but also for each member of the team as well. So what I'm going to cover today is a lot of content around the characteristics of a high-performing team. What kind of behaviors do you need to be watching out for? And then importantly, I am going to take you through 12 steps that you can put into practice in your business, in your department, whether you're leading your own business or you're running a team that you can apply. So this equally works whether you are running a large business or even a small business, just with a handful of people. The principles are the same. So it's going to be massively useful for you. Grab that pen and paper, get yourself a cup of tea and settle on in. So the reason why this is so important is as I I say, you know, we are only individual people. We can only achieve so much. But when we come together as a team and a genuine team that performs at the absolute maximum, that is when we are going to really achieve amazing results. So we only have one life, don't we? We only have one opportunity at any one given time. So we want to maximize it and also be very honest about where we are, because from there we can move forward. Forward constructively. So, first of all, I think being self aware as a leader, being very honest about where you are and actually how you could potentially make some improvements to even go better to that next level is important as well. Because sometimes, I don't know if you've ever felt like this yourself, where you, know, you might get some feedback. And feedback is the breakfast of champions, right? But it doesn't always feel like that. And sometimes you can take it personally as a business leader, as a business owner. So I'm going to invite you to actually take a very 
harsh look at your teams now and see where you might be able to improve. And from there, anything is possible. So let's put leave our egos at the door. Let's just really get into this. So what are the characteristics of a high performing team? Well, there are mainly six common characteristics. I'm going to take you through each of those. Now, the first one is around having a common purpose. So any team needs to be aligned between a common goal. What's the vision for your business? Does everyone buy into it? Is it robust? Is it clear? Is everyone absolutely singing from the same hymn sheet? Because if you haven't got that, then you're going to find it very difficult, almost impossible, I would say, to have a high performing team. We need to be aligned behind a common purpose. So that is one of the first characteristics of a high performing team, a common goal, absolute clarity and everyone gunning for the same thing. The second point, clear roles and responsibilities. So, you know, this can often be seen as a bit of the, you know, oh, is this the admin side of things? But no, it absolutely isn't because every single person on your team needs to know what their role is, what they're responsible for, what's expected of them and how that is all going to be measured as well. So within this whole kind of area of roles and responsibilities, actually, there's a number of subsections as I've just gone through. So we're not going to cover all of that in detail today. That would be for a separate session another time. But when you think about roles and responsibilities, it's absolutely critical because because otherwise you can end up with people on your team maybe going off doing different things, not being clear around what's expected of them. Maybe there aren't absolute clarity around what success looks like, how they're going to be rewarded, etc. So there's a whole bunch of stuff in, in that section of roles and responsibilities. So have a good hard look and um, see where you sit with your team. Is everyone clear? Could you actually do that a little bit better? Maybe tighten things up a, a, a somewhat. And now one of the tools that I've used, gosh, for the nearly 30 years that I've had in business, and I've done this with very large corporate organizations that I've run, but also my own uh, businesses that I have today, is to actually put into place what's called a RACI. Now, a RACI stands for, R stands for responsible, A for accountable, C for consulted, and I for informed. Now, if you are finding that there's some confusion around who's doing what in your business, a great way to just step back from that is to actually sit down Jot down all of the roles, all of the people that you have and the activities and assign who is responsible, who is accountable, who's consulted and who's informed. And that will just help really one, I suppose, challenge you as a business leader to make sure that you know what you're expecting from people. It also gives a very clear mandate for people in terms of you delegating. Now, just some rules of principles around this. Only one person can have the A, the accountable. Now, there might be multiple people that are responsible. Maybe they're working on a particular project. So you've got a number of people involved. Um, but essentially one person, the book has to stop with one person and it shouldn't always be you. So make sure that you're effectively delegating and everyone is clear. It also helps um, a great deal where if you find that 
lots of decisions are all coming up the line to you as a business leader. So, you know, if you're only asking people to inform you, that means they're not asking for you to input into it. Um, So you're able through using a RACI to be absolutely crystal clear around what you expect uh, the team to more closely consult with you and get your opinion and guidance and support versus what is just for information. So, Roles and responsibilities, as I say, there's loads in that section, but um, those are just a few thoughts for you. Right. The third point, strong leadership. So any high performing team has to have a strong leader. And this is the time really to hold a mirror up to yourself and actually say, you know, if you're a leader of a team, of your business, whatever kind of, you know, operating environment you're in, is your leadership strong? Are you respected by the team? You know, a strong leader sets the direction, gets the buy-in from the whole team, you know, will make key decisions, allocates resources and leads from the front. You know, a strong leader does not micromanage, get involved in the day-to-day, undermine their team, not make decisions, um, you know, not provide a, a clear vision and purpose for the team. So, Strong leadership is absolutely critical because without a strong leader, you will not have a high performing team. So, again, and if you have sort of teams within your team, if you like, maybe you just need to be looking at your direct reports as well and saying, are they strong enough to be leading their own department? Are they strong enough in the teams that they're leading? Or do you need to give them some extra support maybe to help get to where they need to? Or do you need to make some changes? So strong leadership, absolutely essential. Right. The fourth um, area for a high performing team, effective processes. So high performance is optimized when the systems and processes across the businesses operate at maximum efficiency. So strong processes, they usually include, not always, but usually include a high degree of automation where possible. Everything is clearly documented and it's reviewed regularly. So you stress test your systems and processes throughout the course of what you're doing. So again, you know, if you're in a smaller business, maybe you've started your own business. Very often we don't have systems and processes fully in place at the beginning. And that's fine because you've got going. You're an entrepreneur. You've started something. But if you want to absolutely perform at the highest level, then there will come a point where you need to streamline and automate wherever possible your systems and processes. So, um, you know, it's not always possible to have a huge um, IT and tech budget to do this. But if you can't actually automate it using technology, then make sure that the manual processes and all of the steps are absolutely clear in terms of who's doing what and it's all documented and runs as smoothly as possible. So effective processes. Right. The fifth point, solid relationships. You know, a strong team has each other's backs. You win together and you fail together. It is not about, you know, one person succeeds and someone else fails. This is about having a one team mentality. You know, individual roles are clearly specified, absolutely, as I mentioned earlier, and are essential. But the relationship between your team members has to be absolutely watertight, open, honest, respectful, all of those great things. And when you have that, 
and you all value the role that each of you play in that team, that's when you have solid relationships. Now, I'm not saying that every single thing is, you know, will go well, that you'll always be happy clappy. <laughs> but what I am saying is that actually, if you have those solid relationships in place, when there are issues or things that need to be resolved, or maybe the, maybe the relationship has not as strong as it could be, you have the environment where you're able to openly address that and bring things back on track, as opposed to having a culture of blame or, you know, unsupportive situation. So solid relationships. The sixth uh, characteristic of a high performing team is excellent communication. You can never over-communicate. I'm going to say that again. You can never over-communicate. So when you're an effective communicator, everyone knows what's happening in the business. You've got transparency. You might have reporting and certain meetings in place that allow that communication to happen very, very well. Now, if you're a smaller team, often communication can be easier, to be honest, um, but even if you're in a big organization, you know, it's absolutely critical. That, again, your systems, your processes, your communication strategies are all in place so that actually everyone can communicate well. Um, you need to have a seamless cascade of communication as well. So, you know, you can't possibly as a business leader in a large organization in particular, talk to every single person on your team. So you need to have a way of cascading key messages down to the team throughout the entire business so that customer facing teams who are sort of, you know, directly on the coal face, so to speak, know exactly where they sit, where they fit into the whole thing and what's going on in the boardroom you know, within reason, of course. And um, so you've got this fully aligned leadership team. Now, when all those elements are in place, that's when high performance flourishes. And that's when the results that come are clearly demonstrated. So I hope that's kind of giving you, you know, a little bit of uh, an idea around the characteristics of a high performing team. Now, what I'm going to move on to next in this next section is the pyramid, what I call the pyramid of team performance. So in this, I'm just going to take you through when you're looking at your team, it's useful to take stock in terms of where you are overall in this pyramid. And there are three levels of a team. OK, so if you imagine a pyramid like this at the bottom where the base is wide, you have a collection of individuals. OK, so this is individual performance, individual action, individual purpose. You know, rather than working as a single unit, teams at that level do not collaborate. They don't take mutual action and you have winners and losers within the team. So that's at the base of the pyramid, if you like. Obviously, what we want to be is at the top of the pyramid. Then in the middle, you have a work group. Now, a work group is where there's some coordination, there's some overlap of purpose, there's some alignment, but the silos are shorter, but they are still there. And you will still have winners and losers, you know, instead of a united purpose. And then at the top of that pyramid is where you have high performing teams. And this is where you're united in purpose. Sustainable results are consistently delivered. You win together or not at all. So what I would invite you to do is with your teams, with your businesses, take a look at where you feel you sit in that pyramid. 
Now, as I say, sometimes uh, we can kid ourselves, can't we? <laughs> the, be- the easiest person to lie to is yourself, right? So, um, you know, when you're looking at your team, really be honest, where are you sitting? And, and I think very often what I tend to find is that people say they're a high performing team, but in reality, they're actually really a work group. And um, or at certain times they they might be high performing, but it's not consistent. So and I'm not saying that to be critical, you know, because I know how difficult it is as a leader to create a very strong team is not easy at all. Um, But I do, as I say, if you really want to genuinely be a high performing business and a high performing team, it's important to take stock where you are now and then you can move forward from there. Okay. So gosh, I've covered a lot already, haven't I? (laughs) So next section, I'm going to take you now through 12 steps, how you can create a high performing team. So there's a lot of content here. I hope you've got your pen and paper still um, at the ready where you're able to take some notes because I'm going to go through a lot. Now, before I get into the detail of that, It's worth bearing in mind there are some key questions to go through the steps before you take the steps that I'm going to take you through now. So some of the questions for you to think about as we go through this process are as follows. So where are you today? How can you get to the next level? What specific actions can you take as a leader to get your team working more effectively together? Are there certain members of the team who are terrorists? We've all had a few of those over the years, I'm sure. These are people who are not team players. They're disruptive. They're like one bad apple spoils the whole cart, right? That's the saying. Um, And I've certainly had people over the years in, in the various teams that I've ran globally where that can happen. Um, And when it does happen, it can be very, very disruptive. So, you know, are there people like that that you either, maybe they're in the wrong role, actually, that they're quite decent, cool people, but they're just in the wrong role. So you might need to move them or at the more extreme, you might need to move them out. Okay. Who on the team can take specific responsibility for each of the actions and the key focus areas for you? You know, what time frame are you working to? If you want to actually become a high performing team, how long are you giving yourself? Because it won't happen overnight. It takes time. It takes hard effort, you know, real honesty, communication, tweaking, reviewing, tweak, review. So, you know, what's your time frame for this? And what KPIs, what key performance indicators do you need in order to track how you're doing, whether you're improving or not? Okay. So when you do an honest review and you take specific measurable actions, you will move forward. I can 100% guarantee that you will move forward. And I am passionate about this stuff because, you know, I've run very large teams. You know, I mean, gosh, when I was a CEO of the travel division at Saga, you know, I had 1,700 people on my team. You know, when I was the MD of the emerging markets at TUI, you know, I had I had I had my team in in India, in China, in Brazil, in Germany, in the UK, in Russia, in Ukraine. So, you know, managing remote teams has a whole other dimension to it. So I'm not going to cover that today. Um, But I'm not saying any of that to brag because 
I also know what it's like to be an entrepreneur because I have, you know, three of my own businesses today and, you know, working with a small team also has the same principles as working with a large team. So, you know, as I say, I know how tough this can be, which is why I'm really passionate about this. But I also believe that with the right people, with a passion and energy and all of those characteristics that I took you through earlier, you can achieve absolutely amazing things. But if you don't have the right people or the team isn't performing, then it needs to be addressed. So, right, 12 steps how you can create a high-performing team. Step number one, audit of where you are now with your team. And I say, you think about that pyramid, where you're sitting. So that's got a macro view, if you like, and assess your capability within the team. Now, again, I've done various things in the past with where I've used a nine box matrix and I've I've actually plotted people on my team where they sit in terms of their potential and also their current performance. Um, And that can be a great way of actually, you know, just assessing the team that you've got. Now, I'm not going to cover that in a huge amount of detail today because that's a whole other section all on its own. But essentially, you know, within that sort of talent matrix, you know, you will have your star performers, you know, the people in the top right hand box who are absolutely smashing it and, you know, are ready for promotion probably or, you know, to take on more responsibility. You'll have your rising stars, those which are performing very well and have got a lot more potential to come. You'll have those that are sort of adaptable performers or maybe they're a valued contributor. They're kind of sitting valued contributor or key contributor or solid performer. They're sitting in the middle of that matrix. And, you know, you need a balance on a team. Not everyone wants to be the future CEO of the business. And that's fine. But maybe they perform at the highest level in the area that they have an interest in. And that is good. And then you'll have people that are new to role where you need a whole development plan. You might have a marginal performer. So someone who's on the borderline. So they either need to improve or you need to get them out. And then you'll have unacceptable performers. And very often, I mean, I've done this in the past where I've had unacceptable performers on a team and I've not dealt with it fast enough. So, you know, hands up, full disclosure, I have definitely been in that place dealing with certain people because... We 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 very often we're people pleasers. We don't. It's, it's difficult having some of these challenging conversations and actually asking, you know, saying someone that they're going to exit the business. But you have to do it. And if you have anyone on your team where, in your heart of hearts, you really know that they're they're just not going to cut it, my advice to you would be to to deal with it as fast as fast as possible to deal with it as fairly as possible. Think about how you would want that to receive that news yourself, but take the action and move them on as fast as you can. So that's the first step. Assess your team performance, who's sitting where, how they're doing, and and where are you on that team pyramid that I mentioned earlier. Step two, assess the environment you have today. You can't have a high-performing team If you haven't got a high performing environment, you know, so is the office space, are you working, are you got the right combination between remote working and and working in the office? You know, hybrid working environments is obviously such a key thing in particular um, over the last couple of years. So is the environment the right space to to drive high performance? You know, is, is the office dark, miserable, dark, you know, dank with no refreshment facilities? That's not going to drive high performance if it is. Or are you in an environment that, kind of 
stimulates um, engagement, stimulates creativity, energy. There's a, there's a passion and drive around the space that you you all work in as a team. So assess the environment you've got today. You know, is there enough natural light in the building? All of these things they do make a massive difference. Um, so that's step number two. Step number three: review your culture and get feedback. So, you know, culture is a really, a, a really sort of broad topic, if you like, because culture, you know, it, it, it covers how people are feeling, you know, and, and the, the, the environment, you're creating a culture of high performance where high performance is rewarded, uh, where failure is embraced. People are encouraged to try things because you can't have high performance if you don't try new stuff. Um, you know, so, so absolutely get some feedback on the culture that you have created in your environment. Is there a culture of trust? Or actually, are people fearful to speak up? You know, so there's a, a great model that I use called the 5QF model, five frequently asked questions, which will, which will absolutely get you to the heart of what is going on. So the first one is what's working well? Start with the positives. What would your ideal be? Number three, what are our options? Number four, what are the gaps between kind of where we want to be and where we are now? And then number five, what resources do we need to in order to get there? So using those five questions will help you get a sense of the culture, get the feedback from the team in a really constructive way. It will allow you to read between the lines as well uh, without necessarily honing in on oh, what's all the stuff that's, that's rubbish and going wrong. So 5QF model. Right. Step number four, talent plan. It's really important that you review your current team and have a course of action for every single person. So, you know, you've got to address your, your, your kind of poor performers, exit them or, you know, change them into, in, move them into a role where they can, they can um, actually develop and, and perform. Create a development plan that those that, that need to step up, there might be some specific things that people need to do in order to, to improve their performance. You know, you should have career progression plans for your rising stars. You know, what you don't want to absolutely do is have have someone that's a you know gets to a star performer level and then there's nowhere for them to go there's nowhere for them to be promoted or to take on a broader responsibility and you've got to identify any gaps um, and have a plan to recruit so that plan if you bring that into your leadership team with clear ownership, um, you're going to be able to actually then really hone in on the individual people and what needs to happen in order for them to be high performers. But also, how does that hang together as a team? And are there certain actions that you need to take forward? Right. Step number five. I told you there was a lot here, didn't I? Step five, environment and culture plan. So once you've done those reviews, you need a plan, right? You've done the review and that's fine. But so what? What are you going to do about it? So come up with a specific set of actions that is going to address anything that's come out from that review of your culture or your environment. So have a plan. Step number six, mission, vision, values and goals. Now, I touched on this earlier around having a very clear purpose that everyone is aligned behind. So high performing teams all get behind a common goal. That is absolutely clear. Whether that's high performance in the world of sports, business, whatever it is, having a common goal is the starting point. And the mission of the business, everyone really needs to just be able to, to, to say that off pat, right? They should know what it is and it should be transparent, simple. It should be compelling. It should be stretching. It should be exciting, you know, and also then how does that break down into the, the you know, the goals that you're aiming to achieve as a team? Where do you want to be? 
be this year, three year time, five years time. Um, and then from there, you know, to actually break that down into individuals for their roles and responsibilities. What are the objectives, the KPIs that you're going to manage performance with, measure performance and, and of course, reward performance? So mission, vision, goals, there's loads about this. I always encourage as well, having a visual representation of that around your workspace. So, you know, if you're, you should have a mission up on the, up on the wall, it should be on the back of the loo door. Cause you know, you're sitting there doing your business in the loo, great place to have a reminder because everyone reads that, you know, so think about how you can visually make, make that come to life. And so it's a living, breathing thing. It's not just a dusty old document you do once and sits in a drawer. Okay, so step seven, scope out your clear description and your role profile. So as I said, you've done that review of your talent. You might find that there are actually some areas where you need to really clarify the job descriptions, role profiles, whatever you want to call them. Um, and then, of course, when you're recruiting or you're promoting or you're doing some internal moves, um, you are measuring against a clear set of criteria of the capability that you have for each of the roles. Number eight, have a robust recruitment campaign. So you will find that you have, you might have, sorry, you might have gaps in your organization, in your team currently. So obviously that then identifies an, an immediate need to recruit. But equally, you might find that for, if you have a business where you have a high volume and a certain amount of turnover, so let's say, for example, say you have a, a call center in your business, you know, naturally you will get a certain amount of churn and you need to measure that as a metric as well. Because if that's higher than, than what you would want it to do, then that's a, a little red flag, an alarm bell for you. But in some businesses, it's appropriate to have a rolling recruitment campaign so that, you know, you have always, you don't end up with these peaks and troughs of resources. Now, there's a cost implication for that. Um, and of course, you need to take that into account. But having a very robust recruitment campaign is, is important. And you might actually, you might be doing the recruitment yourself, or you might find that you're working with an executive headhunter, um, a search company, or you might actually be using social media to advertise for roles. So whatever it is, you know, uh, make sure that you've got a clear plan. You know who's doing the interviews. There's a clear ask escalation process as well, whether it's first interview, second interview, you know, whether you're going to do some form of assessment center. So again, there's a huge amount in this. Um, I'm just taking you through the, the steps that you need to put into place if you want to be a high performing team. So there's absolutely stacks and stacks here. <laughs> Right. Step number nine, clear progression and development plans in place. So as I said to you, once you've done that review of your team, every single member of the team should have a progression plan. You know, you should know where they you should be asking them, where do they want to go with their career? What would be the next step for them? You know, do they want your job ultimately? Is that where they're heading? Or do they want to become a subject matter expert in a specific part of the business? That's all fine too. You know, and there are so many ways that you can develop your team. And often what I see with this, um, that everyone thinks, oh, you've just got to stick people on a training course and it's going to cost me money. There's a budget implication. Not always. You know, you can do a huge amount to develop your team that actually is very low cost or no cost at all. You know, so you could have people shadowing other members of the team. You could have a 360 feedback process. You know, you might actually put into play 
uh, a mentoring program where, you know, different managers in the business mentor um, more junior people coming up. That doesn't have to cost anything. Um, it might be about attending certain conferences, networking, training courses, formal qualifications, public speaking opportunities. So there's so many ways you can develop your team. So have a development plan for every single person. Number nine. Right. Step number 10. Reward and recognition. So we all want to feel valued. There needs to be a fair value exchange for a role completed and results achieved and financial um, and other benefits that come along. So having reward and recognition are two massive ways to motivate your team. Now, it is not all about the money. Um, that is a part of it. Of course it is. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, people have financial commitments and, you know, a fair value exchange of a salary, a bonus, you know, equity, whatever it may be, reflects, you know, a recognition that that person has contributed to the business in a certain way. But very often, you know, the recognition side of it is is underestimated the power of that. We all want to feel liked and loved, don't we, and respected, you know, and sometimes it can be a simple thank you. You know, literally, if the boss comes, you know, you end up in the lift with, with, with the big boss and all of a sudden he says, oh, you know, Jeanette, you did a great job on, on that particular project. How good does that make you feel? You know, obviously, you've got to have other things in place. That, that alone won't, won't be enough. But very often the recognition, you know, it might be, uh, um, you know, top performer of the month or you, know, you might actually do something like, for the top salesperson, they get a bottle of wine that month. You know, so it doesn't all have to be high cost, but there's so many ways that you can recognize your key members of the team, celebrate the, you know, the high performance that you're achieving and make sure those individuals are, are recognized for their contribution. You know, so there's a lot in here, reward and recognition, but having a clear structure for that is key. Right. Step number 11, ongoing performance reviews. So, for a high-performing team, everyone needs to know where they are, where they're heading, um, and how they're doing. So, and this isn't, or this isn't just about having a yearly, um, you know, performance review appraisal. It is not. This is about ongoing feedback and recognition. Now, what I always um, have done in the businesses that I've ran you know, whether that's in corporate life or, or as an entrepreneur uh, as I am today, you know, I would have absolutely a formal annual performance review, right? And I would have a six-monthly performance review. So I'd do it twice a year where everything's documented. We have a real proper deep career discussion and it's a very much a two-way street and also 360 feedback because it's important for you as a business leader that you're also getting feedback. This is not a one-way street. So ongoing performance reviews, which are formalized. But then on a monthly basis with my direct reports, I always have one-to-ones. Now, in that, yes, we'll be talking partly around the business and where things are, but we will also be talking about any challenges, any things that are coming up. Are there certain development um, initiatives that the individual wants to get involved in? So that monthly check-in, because it should not be a surprise when it comes to a six-month uh, review or an, or an annual review, how someone is doing. It should be ongoing. So there's a lot going on here, but ongoing performance reviews, so, so important. Um, and then, of course, you know, it, it can be informal stuff as well. It can be, you should just go for, just go, go for um, a coffee and have a chat. 
And again, that's a great way to, to kind of give and receive feedback. So remember, feedback is the breakfast of champions and we need to embrace it in that way, regardless of whether that is positive feedback or areas of constructive feedback where we can improve. Right, step number 12, review and adjust. Okay, so this is an endless thing because the thing is when, but think about high performances, when you get to a certain level, a certain standard that's taken you from A to B, when you get there, you will then increase your, your standard again because you'll be on to the next level. So constant review, constant adjustment will allow you to actually tweak, adapt, see what's going well. What should you do more of? What should you stop doing? What do you need to sort of, you know, changes you need to put into place? So I would suggest that you do a quarterly review because that then it's not too frequent where you're constantly reviewing. We've got businesses to run at the end of the day, um, but that actually, you know, you have it as a standalone agenda item, maybe on your quarterly leadership team meetings to, to look at all this stuff and see how you're going. You might have on the action plan that we talked about earlier, you know, you'll have assigned clear responsibilities. It's a great chance to say, how are we doing? Are we on track? So, yeah, I, I would absolutely encourage you, you know, high performance it is all about being brave and bold. And that is when the team winning together will be brilliant. A hundred percent. So, you know, my mantra is brave, bold, brilliant, as you well know. And that um, phrase could not be more appropriate with a high performing team. So I know I've thrown a huge amount at you. <laughs> you might be thinking, oh my gosh, how the hell have I got the time to do this? But you know what? If you haven't, if you feel like that and you feel you haven't got the time, then that would indicate to me that you absolutely need to pay attention to this stuff. Because when you have a high performing team, it creates space for you as a leader as well. And, you know, if you are running around like a headless chicken, that and you don't have time, that would indicate to me that your team is not high performing as well. And you're not at the op operating at the optimum level as a leader. So, you know, don't don't let that put you off. Make the time. Make the time to dedicate some effort and focus on how you can create a high performing team. Because when you do, the results you get will absolutely blow it out of the park and be make it so worthwhile. So, there's a huge amount there. I hope you've enjoyed. I hope you've got a lot of value out of it. Obviously, I'm, I'm doing this as a video. Um, it'll be on, it's on my social media, it's on my YouTube, it's on my podcast. Now, in order for me to help you as much as possible, um, I have got a document that actually covers all of the stuff that I've just talked you through in more detail. Now, if you would like a copy of that, then, you know, just actually click on the link in the social media post or on the podcast, if that's where you're listening to this. Equally, I also, because I genuinely want to help as many people as possible, if this is useful and you feel that you could do with some more support with it, then I am more than happy to jump on a free mentoring session with you. OK, so I do these where they're quick 15 minute check in where we can really do some power mentoring. If you're interested in that, then just put a comment in the comments or send me a message. Um, you know, Jeanette Linfoot, you'll find me all over social media and I would be more than happy to help you. So remember, high performance, there are no limits. It's all about pushing out of your comfort zone. So whatever you are doing today, just remember it's by being brave and bold 
that you are going to be brilliant and high performing. Take care, everyone. And yeah, have a fabulous rest of the day. Bye now. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review.